Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. He's introduced you to great coffee. Congratulations! World's best cup of coffee. Great music. You win in a wrestling match. Lemmy or God? Lemmy. Ah, God. Wrong dick. Trick question. Lemmy is God. Great travel. That's the dream. It's not the destination. It's the journey. All things to enrich your life. If you're good at what you do, people will recognize that. Now, he's ready to tackle itself. Whoop-de-doo! What does it all mean? With some great guests with even better life stories. Yes, even better than how he almost failed grades 2, 4, and 7. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. You're listening to the Brenton on Tour Lifecast. Here's BD. I'm already at five episodes of a life cast and my very awesome guest this week is Renee Paquette. You know, Renee from the score and the WWE, she has done amazing work in both of those scenarios and is about to do even more amazing work as she launches a brand new podcast, which we talk about on this podcast. She's got a cookbook coming out and she's probably got one of the busiest social feeds I've ever seen. So just uh, pay attention to all things Renee Paquette online and you'll learn all the things you need to know about what she's up to and so much more. So I couldn't be more excited to have her. Renee Paquette joins me this week, brought to you by my friends at Partake Brewing. Who are Partake? Well, you heard me talking about them. They are a non-alcoholic craft beer Canadian from Toronto. Uh, they are doing amazing stuff and they've got five brands. They've got an IPA. They got a stout. They got a pale. They got a blonde. They got a red. It's great. Great, 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 great. I love it. 10 calories, keto-friendly, vegan, gluten-free, an amazing Canadian story, one of the fastest-growing companies in the country. So check them out, partakebrewing.ca. Happy to have them on board. Win yourself a package from them by liking and sharing this podcast to as many people as possible. At the end of this LifeCast series, I'm going to give away a bunch of stuff from them, and you just got to tag me. And you're going to win some stuff, so do that. All right, it is episode five of the LifeCast with Renee Paquette, an amazing story, an inspiration to women everywhere for her work in broadcasting so far, and so much more to come. It is the life of Renee Paquette. Here we go. Renee Paquette, how are you doing down in Las Vegas? I'm doing good. Um, I don't have any of your Vancouver rain right now. We don't get a lot of rainy days down here, but um, yeah, I'm doing good. The weather's starting to get nice and cool out here. It's starting to get a little bit of Christmas in the morning and the evening. So it's nice. I definitely miss my Canada full four seasons, but I take what I can get. Define um, cool in Vegas. Oh, let me see. Let me look at my phone and see what it says the weather is right now. Um, it's probably like, oh, wait, I clicked on my thing I, it says 82 right now um which i mean it is the middle of the afternoon here right sure. now we're recording but in the mornings it's like in the morning it's about 60 
I got a lot of friends in okay. Vegas. So one of my favorite uh, coffee roasters is in Vegas. And um, so I love going down there. I was supposed to go down there before the world shut down again to, yeah. you know, get some coffee going for this podcast and a few other things. And well, here we are. So what's the coffee that you like that's here? So uh, one of my past guests, uh, a guy named Jeremy Gersey, he's the real Mocha Joe. I don't know if you watch Kirby Enthusiasm. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he's the character that Mocha Joe is based on. He used to be oh. Jerry Seinfeld and Larry David's personal barista. And so ah. they they built this whole thing. So he is like, um, he kind of got to start doing, he was like the first guy that was doing luxury kind of coffee on movie sets. Oh, wow. That's so, so cool. Yeah, it was really cool. And then it, and then, so he set up shop in Vegas and he's got this really cool way of roasting and all the rest of it. And he's a really great guy. So it's called Jeremy Gersey coffee roasters and he's uh, he's in Vegas. Great guy. And, oh, I'm um, actually going to check that out. Definitely. Yeah, okay, yeah, good. I feel like, even though I've, I've lived here for like five years, I feel like there's so much stuff that I don't know. There's so many like undiscovered things that I have not a clue about. So I love finding little nuggets like that out. Yeah. I love, uh, I love, going down to Vegas and discovering that most people go down for the gambling and the craziness, but um, there's some great coffee down there too. And yeah. almost every, every musician and, uh, and, uh, you know, person lives there that I know. And that seems to be a yeah. hub. Yeah. It's, it's great. You know, it's also a great airport to fly in and out of. That's why for my husband and I, when we, uh, well, he was living here when we first started dating, but when I moved out here, I was like, well, it's least easy airport to get in and out of. We were on the road all the time. So that was like a very big factor. What about now, Vegas? Uh, what are your thoughts? Obviously, I, we, we follow your posts on, you know, being a, a Knights fan and a hockey fan yeah. in general, but uh, what is Vegas still holding charm for you or is it uh, changed a little bit? Oh, I don't know that it, I don't know that it ever really held a charm for me, so to say. Um, I think I've always been far more of a city person. Um, I love being in Toronto. I lived in New York before I moved out here. So <clears throat> I really kind of had my heels dug into the ground when I was first out here being like, do I like this? I don't know. But now that I've gotten used to it and I have all my like stuff here that I really like, I mean, just from like the simple regular life shit from my grocery store is great. I've got a gym that I really love. Um, just, you know, all that stuff that just makes day-to-day -day life easier. So that part of it's nice. Also, it's much cheaper to live out here than it is in New York. So that's always nice. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, even just seeing the way like downtown Las Vegas is coming together. Um, it's really kind of being built up. There's a whole new vibe and scene down there. That's really, really cool. Um, I think, you know, once ever though, whenever we get to the point that the world can open back up again and get back to some normalcy, I, I was like really finding some great pockets from, you know, you go to first Friday, which is um, a great like arts event that they do in the first Friday of every month downtown. And it's all painters and everyone, you know, selling their trinkets and all these things that they've been working on all their projects. So that happens. And then the first Sunday, yeah, first Sunday of every week is, or every month is a market in the alley. And it's kind of the same thing, but, you know, during the daytime, they've got like cocktails and coffee and yeah, it, it felt like a little bit more of like the artsy side of the city that I could kind of. It's funny in. because almost a, th I would say a third and of my guests are from Vegas. That's so, <laughs> so funny. Half, episodes and I'm going to get some of the, the tickets. Yeah. Half of almost actually all, all of slash is banned except for miles is, uh, is in Vegas and they've all been on. I'm sure you're, you know, you're a Canadian kid. So you're familiar with age of electric and Todd yeah. and, you know, Todd's down there and Brent Fitz is down there. Frank, uh, uh, uh Sidoris, the guitar player for slash is down. Everyone's there. 
And oh, um, I think I just realized that one of Slash's guitar players is uh, he works out at the same gym that I work out at. And I was like, oh, cool. I, I don't know his name. I'd have to. It's look. interesting. If he's really tall, it's Todd. If he's not, then it's Frank. He is like skinny, youngish, long dark hair, which I'm sure describes a bunch Frank. of. Those <laughs> That's Frank. It's Frank. Great. Yeah, there Frank. you go. So uh, yeah, good guy. Uh, he was a guest on here. Actually, told a really great story uh, in the music cast portion of this. And this this series that I've launched uh, right now is the Life Cast. So it's a bit more. Um, it's funny. He told a Life Cast kind of story on that music cast but it was like his journey you know to become slash's guitar player wow. this, this kid who grew up in vegas and and how that came about and then i just realized all the guests that were coming on like i'll had some kind of connection to vegas and they all talk about going downtown and they never go to the strip and it's all it's funny and i never do that either when i go to vegas now maybe there's a little bit of like ah we'll go and poke around but it's really sure. those guys take me to like the good the good spots, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, unless there's like a certain restaurant or something that someone's like dying to go to, but otherwise everything you need is off the strip. Yeah, we only right. go like when we've got family visiting or you've got like guests in town that want to go do like some strip stuff, but neither of us are like into gambling. We're not big partiers. So yeah, it's it's pretty rare to find us out on the strip. It's funny because when you live in a place like that and almost all the guys that I know that live there and girl, like anyone, their wives, anyone is, they're all the same. They're like, well, when you live here, everyone comes here and then you've got to be the, the tour guide and the tourist. And uh, it can be a little bit crazy, but that's like yeah. anyone that I guess that goes anywhere, sure. you know, Vegas is a destination, right? Uh, you know, Saskatoon, not as much. <laughs> <laughs> no, no one's looking to tear it up in Saskatoon. Unless not they get usually. So we, uh, you know, I really appreciate you making the time to come on here. I know you're super busy with everything. I mean, you've got to be one of the busiest people on the planet just from, witnessing your social media side of it, but let alone, you know, trying to uh, probably settle into a bit of a normal life and then getting requests like this to come on. So I appreciate joining That's the live cast on this side of it. Um, we um, connection wise, I mean, uh, I know your dad real well and we, we work together running concerts all over the world. So that's uh, uh, him in Toronto, but I get to work with him when I'm in Toronto and all the rest of it. So uh, really, really nice of you to do this. So thank you. I appreciate it. Um, I, one of the questions I did actually um, want to ask you about was, you know, growing up in that world, like, you know, you obviously in media and you've come through all the different uh, channels that you've come through, but um, you were exposed to concerts probably from being a baby, right? So all the way through, what do you remember from that time, like growing up around your dad, around the biggest, you know, shows in the world and all the rest of it? What was your first experience or memory of that? I have so many vivid memories of that. And, you know, I mean, obviously it definitely shaped a part of me to being like, ooh, I want to be on stage and I want to be able to perform in some, to some degree. Uh, but, I, you know, for me, the very first memories I have are from when he was touring with Anne Murray um, and we would, you know, be backstage. My favorite thing was going to the rehearsals. I loved going to rehearsals, um, just seeing everyone kind of paired back, working through the stuff. Um, I loved watching Anne and her backup vocalists. I love watching them harmonize or something about that, that just, I was always really drawn to. Um, and then also just even seeing road cases everywhere. That's something that I just always remember. And then when I was on the road with WWE, obviously there's road cases everywhere. And that's just something that like, I'm so used to just seeing as like a thread through my life is just dollies of equipment, all the, all the technical side of everything. 
Um, I also used to really love rooting through Anne Murray's, um, uh, all of her, uh, all of her like accessories where she would have like a top hat that she would pop out and it would get really big or she had like a little magician's wand or like a little kazoo. There are so many things that I just love to root around through and just, it really opened up my imagination as a kid for sure. Was uh, my, it was funny. My dad actually played with Anne Marie a bit too, back in the day. I have my music background went back into that, that realm as well. So that's a funny, uh, you know, connection. Yeah. People talk about the six degrees of Kevin Bacon, but maybe it should be the six <laughs> degrees of Anne Murray, Murray. right? <laughs> yeah. When it comes to oh, that, especially in Canada, because we're probably more like four degrees of everyone. Of course. Yeah. Actually, my very mm. first time ever doing anything on camera was doing the Anne Murray Christmas special. I did that when I was about four or five, something like that. Um, I got to do that twice. The first time it was, um, gosh, who were the guests on the time that I did it? I know the second time it was like Rock Voisine and um, the Bare Naked Ladies. But uh, anyways, I, I loved doing that. And I just like that, those those moments were always so like cool to be like, oh, let's get dressed up and there's cameras. And as much as everybody was always so like bored and hated it, I always loved those moments. Did that lay the foundation for you as to this is, I think I want to do this then. Yeah, I don't even think, you know, so much that I even realized it at, at the time, but I think it definitely gave me an idea of like, oh, that's something that people can do. But um, also realizing that everyone in my family that worked in music from my dad, my my aunt, my uncle, they've all worked in the music industry for so long, but none of them were performers. So to get on like the other side of being like, wait, I have stars in my eyes to go do that other thing sort of made me feel a little bit silly to say that to them because they were on the production side of it. And I thought maybe they thought that I was like, maybe a little ridiculous for wanting to do that. But I mean, they all really supported me so much. Was there a moment like, did you perform then? Or was it, you know, were you, do you performing then? Were you taking various things like trying to sing or try to dance or all these different kind of to kind I'm, of carve out your way or did, were you I'm in front of the mirror like, and pretending you were on the news? Like what was, what kind I was of started definitely never pretending I was on the news. That was never <laughs> anything that I wanted to do. Yeah. But um, no offense to anybody in the news. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, you know, I, I remember um, standing in front of uh, before the doors would open for a show after they had finished the rehearsals and getting the shows all set up and being able to stand there on the stage Um can't remember if it was Massey Hall or if it would have been um, the Sony Center. But um, yeah, being able to stand on that empty stage before anybody came in and just feeling like what that was like to stand in a theater like that and see all the empty seats. And then also on the alternative side of that, of standing side stage during shows and being able to see this like full packed house and watching this person who like, you know, I'll use Anne Murray as the example for that, but um, she was always, I mean, I knew her literally since I was born. She had sent stuff to like the hospital when I was born. We would go to her house and my dad was working and stuff. So to know her as Anne Murray, but then to see her on stage and turn into the Anne Murray was a different thing yeah. too. So I think just to be able to get both sides of that, to like see the real person and then seeing her kind of put on the show, that definitely opened my eyes to a lot of, yeah, just to, to what that could be like. But I didn't really start... Um, I think it was more comedy that I was always drawn to because I love to make people laugh. I loved 
um, saying things that I should not be saying and getting the reaction of like, oh, okay, I, I should not have said that. It was wrong. It was bad. Like, you know, whether it was like cursing or making fun of something or whatever, but that always seemed to be a bit of a crutch of something that I would lean on was, was the comedy side of things. And um, that was also another thing for my dad too. He was big into watching SNL, Kids in the Hall, um, all that stuff. So I think those were, that was really kind of more when I was like, oh, I like doing this. I like being like a bit of a ham. I like getting that reaction out of people. Did you, I know, so you were talking about um, being in the empty theater and stuff like that. So for me, um, I don't know what your dad's little things about the job that, you know, drive him. For me, it, it's always been, I'm always out there when the house lights go out. So I've never missed a show, uh, the beginning of any show I've ever done, because, you know, when the house lights go out, everyone's getting exactly what they want uh, at that, mo at that moment. And including, you know, raw or SmackDown or anything like that, the, let that, you know, the, 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 you know, the excitement yeah. builds and then the house lights go out and everyone at that moment, they could be there for the first time ever at a live experience. They could be there, their 50th show in a row, whatever it is, but everyone's tied to that moment when the house lights go out. So I make sure that I'm out in front of every single show. And the side to that is I also make sure that 30 minutes before doors, when the arena is empty, I'm sitting in the middle of the arena on the floor, looking around and sort of saying like, all right, we're going to do this soon, but you know, we got to this moment yeah. All of us together got to this moment just before doors, the calm before the storm. Did, did, did you pull any of that sort of like standing in the empty arena stage into your routine as you started, especially doing more live events and all the rest of it? Is there something that you definitely like every single raw, I had to do this every single SmackDown, I had to do this or every single, like before I went live on, on, you know, on, on air with anything, I do this. Is there something that you pulled from that time? To kind of not it. so much in the sense of like finding those moments of stillness for me it was more so about finding the moments to to have more silliness um because that just made me more loose um, i you know, i didn't do it so much in WWE. like i would maybe just in my head think about it but i would think about it when i especially when i first started like when i was working at the score in toronto um i would love for like anyone that i was working with if i was like co-hosting with someone to like blast some queen have a time, dance around, get out some energy and then go out and do the show. And just like as a friendly reminder to myself of like, listen, we're not out here curing cancer. We're doing a TV show and we get to have some fun. So let's just have some fun. Don't take everything so seriously. Yeah. If, if you fuck something up, you fuck something up. Who cares? It was really about getting into that who cares space because that for me is my sweet space is when I don't give a shit. Did you bring that with you? Uh, did you notice a change in, in backstage, even with WWE or anything that you've been involved in? Have you always brought that into it? I, I've always tried to. I've always tried to. But, you know, I honestly sometimes found it a little bit difficult doing that in WWE because I always felt like everything, as much as it's professional wrestling and you think that it that there would be more fun to like getting out that fun energy it, it didn't really feel like that everything did feel a lot more serious and higher stakes or i don't know if it's because you know more people are watching or that wrestling fans are so intense about the product that you want to make sure that everything's just like dead on but yeah i mean 
It, it depends. I, I've also worn so many different hats in WWE that um, that I would kind of approach each of them differently. From when I was doing kickoff shows for pay-per-views, I could bring some more fun to that. Also, I find when I'm the one anchoring a show, I like to bring that energy to it because I want everybody else around me to have that ease. I want everyone to just have fun. When people are having fun and enjoying what they do, it's a better product entirely all around. Everyone just walks away from it feeling a thousand more times better. Um, but when I was doing commentary, I was just so in my head and couldn't uh, couldn't get loose to save my life some days. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think, you know, I, I don't know. I never really had like a ritual per se of like, I have to do this. This yeah. needs to happen other than like, make sure you go pee before you start the show. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The, uh, um, to, the, to that end, when you're talking about the kickoff shows or something like that, um, are you able to produce them yourself to the exception of like, I know that I've, there's, you know, people will talk about wrestling and, and how it sort of lays out, but the kickoff shows when you are building something out and bringing that energy and they're saying, Renee, just make it, did I, did I say make it your own? And everyone will fall through. Obviously, you got to hit hit your points and hit your segments. But do you get more more rope there in that scenario to kind of run it, or is it still still sort of like be Renee within these rules? It's be Renee within these rules. Okay. Um, and yeah, you know, it, it again. It was case by case. It depended on who was producing the shows. Um, a lot of the times, I was working with one producer, and him and I were pretty much always on the same page. But you know, when I first started doing the shows, it was very much these are the rules, stick to the rules. And then once I had earned their trust on who I was on screen, then they would kind of loosen up on those a lot more, just in the sense of like hitting times, being able to throw to a package properly, um, getting all the graphics in right. There's just so many different things to think about that um, that have more rules than they probably need to have. Um, but that's just how WWE kind of operates. There's a, there's a lot of rules and some sort of like rigidness in the way that things can be produced that makes it a little bit difficult to uh, to work within those confines. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, uh, you no were part offense, of the- everybody, but that is hey, how- you know. Yeah. Whatever. But I've done shows like that where it's like you know when I when I especially when I worked for the score that was very much go out and do what you want to do and fill that time and yeah have the conversations as far, especially when we were talking like, you know, the pre-production before going out to do shows was like, what happened that we want to talk about? Let's cover this, this, and this, gather the information and then go down and just like shoot the shit and have a great time. And I loved that. It was so nice to just like let loose a thousand percent and, and do something that you feel really proud of. That's where you work. Uh, do you find it? That's where you work uh, your best, like within your, your best self is in, you know, when you have that freedom. 
Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, listen, I mean, I think, I think most people probably do. It's like sure. the more there's like rules and rules and rules that all of a sudden you mm-hmm. kind of forget what you're doing out there in the first place sometimes, or like worried about being reprimanded for not adhering to, to so-and-so or whatever. Um, so yeah, I definitely just the like, go out and do it and we'll make it great. And if we need to change something, we'll change something, uh, you know, doing live TV can be a little bit sticky depending on what what you're covering and what you're talking about, of course. But um, yeah, I, I definitely love the like, just let it all fly sure. and then make, make some magic. The, uh, this, this is a life cast series. So um, what was growing up like for you? Busy, busy. Are you a school head? Like are you just like no. focused or was it like skateboarding and crazy and snowboarding and madness and concerts and, or what was your, what was growing up Renee? Uh, I was definitely busy. I was busy. I was very energetic. Like I was like the kid that was bouncing off the walls all the time. Um, I hated going to school. I hated it. Um, and not for, and not for any reason of like, I didn't like the people there. Like I, I always had lots of friends. I, I had a, you know, I had a great experience at school within what school provides you, but I've always been that person, especially, especially like when we're talking like high school, once I had sort of figured out exactly what I wanted to do, I just wanted to hurry up and go do it. And everything else was a bit of a waste of time to me at that point that like I would skip school and uh, I skipped school a lot. Um, and I, cause I lived very close to my high school. My last, my last year or two of high school, I was like a block away from my high school. So I'd be like, mm, I'm going to go home F this. So I would walk home and I was just, especially at this time too, I was like, I was really geared towards the acting uh, right. that's really what I wanted to do. So going home and just like watching movies and uh, just getting uh, just sort of wrapped up in different characters and the the process that people went through. Like I loved spending time at home, just watching movies. I still do. I mean, that's still okay. like the main thing that I do. Um, but yeah, I definitely skipped school a lot to sort of get lost in my dreams a bit. <laughs> Is <laughs> that something that you're going to put on a shirt? It's like, if you want to make it like Renee, <laughs> skip school. school as much as possible, go home, watch movies. <laughs> I was just so hell bent on working. Like I, yeah. even when I was like, a, like when I was like a little kid, all I ever wanted to do was work. Like I can remember being like five or six and like getting all my toys that I was like not into anymore. I'm like, I'm gonna have a garage sale because I need some pocket change. Um, I just always felt like I needed to sell stuff and sell rocks. Yeah. It totally like setting up a lemonade stand or like I would set up a hot chocolate stand outside from like a a frozen pond that people were skating on and try to sell hot chocolate. Um, I love, yeah, I loved having garage sales. And then once I could actually, I had a couple jobs, like before I was old enough to have a job, like at like a, a nursery, like a garden center. So I would work there and just like prune flowers and like work on like an old school, um, uh, like check-in, like, uh, I can't think of the word for it right now. I'm dumb. Anyways, no, okay. um, I was just always working. I love to work and I love to yeah. be able to kind of like move forward and get like my own independence. And then, uh, and then, yeah, once I hit 18 and was done with high school, that's when I was like, Hey, right away. I, I want to go, I want to go to second city. And then I want to start taking these acting classes and I want to start auditioning. And that was just, that was all I could think about. What was that moment for you then uh, that you actually felt like this was actually leading to something? Like you went, you know, you, mm, this is, this might actually happen. Um, 
You know, I think, so when I first started doing, so I, before I went and decided to go to Second City, I initially thought I wanted to go to school for broadcasting because I was just like, I was trying so desperately to find, I'm like, how can I just get on TV? I don't know how to get on TV. So maybe if I go to broadcasting school, that seems like right. a direct route. So I remember going to, um, it was like Sheridan College and York University and Ryerson, all these places that had these broadcasting programs. And I went to like their little, like their orientation for the, for the classes. And I remember being in a class or the orientation group, there's like, you know, 12 people or whatever. And they go around the table and ask everyone why they wanted to get into broadcasting. And everyone had these things of like, oh, I just love the technical side of things. And I want to be in production. And my dumb ass goes, I just want to be on TV. And like the class fucking laughed at me. They were like this. <laughs> they thought I was such a douchebag for having said that. But I was like, I don't know. I mean, that's why I'm here. I want to get on TV. I don't know yeah. how to do it. I'm just, this seemed like a, this seemed like a way that maybe I could do it. Um, and then I did not get accepted into any of those programs. Um, so then I went when I was like, Hey, well, that's not going to happen. I'm going to go do second city. But yeah, I think when I started to realize that I was like kind of onto something. So I was like, I was always the youngest one in those classes. Cause I was like the earliest really that I could take those adult classes, but they do like an evaluation at the end of each um, level that you do. And, you know, a lot of the times it was like, just like having like instructors tell me that I, that I had like sort of like a, a promising like brightness about me or that I had this quickness about me, but that I think I was, I was very capable of sort of commanding the room at 18, like having these like adults and helping to like, to lead a scene or come up with the ideas and um, just sort of take the reins. I've always sort of had that, not like a control freak kind of way. I just, I like to be in control in that way. I like to, I like to take the reins when other people are being very passive. That is like, not me. I like to be like, okay, this is what we're going to do. Let's try this. When people are like, not into like, you know, I'm, if someone wants to volunteer for something and like, in like, even like in high school, like who wants to read out loud? I'm like, first up there, I'm like, I'll do it. I love reading out loud. No problem. Uh, so I think I just, I like to sort of take that, that center stage in that aspect. Um, and then when I was doing acting classes as well, um, I was studying with, um, uh, through David Rotenberg, who's a great acting coach out of uh, Toronto and uh, Bruce Clayton. And they had put, both pulled me aside at one point and uh, they were really encouraging of, of everything that I was doing. But then I got into hosting instead yeah. and that's all really worked out. So, uh, I mean, it was, yeah, it, a, a lot of, I didn't really hit too many like giant roadblocks other than the sense of like not booking gigs and going to auditions and kind of eating shit or not, you know, just not doing great in that sense. So, um, but yeah, it was, it was definitely encouraging to have, um, people that were my instructors and teachers at that time, take a, take a liking to me. I'm not sure um, you have any time in your schedule, but are you are you any are you interested at all in acting now or doing anything yeah. in that capacity? Oh, I, you know? I've always been very interested in that. That like I will always say like that's sort of been my first love in the in the sense of like performing. Because to be completely honest, like getting I actually don't love public speaking for like what I do. It's not something that I enjoy it stresses me out. So like if I'm on camera doing something is like one thing, but the idea of like acting and making things smaller and more intimate and um, yeah, just sort of the art that goes behind that is something that I've, I've always just been very, very drawn to. An acting fan, obviously, and all those movies that you skip school to watch, but what's your like, you know, go, uh, is there a go-to or do you study acting now or do you just like the magic of the movie? 
I don't, I don't study acting at all anymore. I mean, I, that I, if I lived somewhere else, I probably would. There's just not a lot to offer in Las Vegas in terms of like film acting. Cause it's all, right. you know, four hours away in Los Angeles. Um, so there's not a ton out here. I was getting together with one acting coach out here a couple of years ago, just cause I've always had that itch, but it was one-on-one -on -one classes. So what can you really do other, you know, when you're not with a group and kind of doing some more, uh, extensive, um, classes and whatnot. But, um, but yeah, I would, I would love to kind of get back into, into doing that. Yeah. I feel like I didn't answer your question. Sorry. No, but I mean, Hey, it's, it's like, I mean, you, you've taken it. You said you've worn, a, you've worn a pile of hats. So I for a tangent and then I forget, but it's okay. uh, you, you've worn a pile of hats and, and you know, are you going to just add a, another hat yeah. to that, that level and keep going? Yeah. Um, our world is obviously shut down all the way around. You've been yeah. experiencing, um, uh, live events through that process and uh, how they kind of were trying to pull it off. My industry, your dad's industry, we're all still trying to figure out how this is going to go. Obviously yeah. we're, uh, we're last in line for a lot of things, but yeah. what have you taken away from this, uh, this, uh, this kind of attempt at production versus where you think it's actually going to go? Are we going to be stuck in this for a while from what you've seen or are you finding that it's working right now? I think we're going to be stuck in it for a little while. Um, I think that it'll, you know, as we've seen things start to advance, I mean, from like my side of things, um, you know, doing, doing the zoom shows and being able to do stuff online has been amazing for people. I, I think there's part of it that's interesting in the sense that we're seeing people just at home. We get to see, and people are so nosy. I'm nosy. I love seeing inside someone's house. I'm like, oh my God, how do they decorate? What are they wearing when they're just right. at home? What do they look like when they don't have a full makeup team? Like that shit I love. Um, and I think other people are really drawn to that too. But I think as we continue to kind of grow and develop and change, I think that we're going to start seeing, like I'm the room I'm in right now is going to be turned into like more of a proper set. It's not there right now by any means, but that's the goal for me is to turn this into something that just looks a little cleaner, get a better camera. I just got a great microphone. Um, so just trying to like up the production quality side of things. Um, because yeah, I, I think that things will start to like grow and change in that regard as people sort of figure it out and different programs become available and, and whatnot. Um, you know, on the music side of things too, it's, I mean, it's such a bummer for everybody in that industry to, to look at, it's heartbreaking. It's awful to see like, you know, I was even talking to a comedian the other day and he went and did a show the other day at like a, a drive-in. And I know that's been a thing that's been kind of happening here and there as well of doing the drive-in concerts and drive-in comedy shows. But I, that's got to feel like shit for the performer. You know, it's, it's something it's, something. I mean, it's something it's a, it's a, it's a band, it's a band-aid, but yeah. it's, it's certainly not going to rescue the business. I mean, no. you need, you need for it to sustain, you need, you know, five to, 30,000 people in a building and you need, and you need people drinking, you need people yeah. eating, you need people buying merch, you need, you need all that stuff. Um, you know, I, I think in the way, again, I mean, even in the music side to kind of pare everything down and, and make shows feel more intimate and more personal. There's something there that, that people will always love, but as far as generating money, the way that it used, yeah. to, I mean, it's definitely a far stretch from that. It's the experience too, the experience of everybody, the experience of the live fan, the experience of you, yeah. the, you know, the, the performer or the, you know, you. I'm sure yeah. I can't even, I can't even imagine what, what it was like around that time of just come in, wrestle, leave, come in, do this and that. But like even these, 
I just, I just, um, helped produce an online concert for an artist a couple months ago. And that was like three days of getting it ready to just have it look good to perform into an empty theater and have it go out. Yeah, I mean, it was like, Hey, I'm working, but it, this isn't working. Yeah, it's, just, it's, <laughs> it's not the same. It's and not the same. I, mean, I know that we all have to make our own personal shift of what our expectations are and what we're yeah. kind of getting out of it and finding new ways to do it. But I will say for WWE, the way that they have done the Thunderdome, I don't know if you've seen any of it. It's it, really it, cool. It, it looks really, it's really cool. cool. And you know, I think at first, was a little bit like, what are they doing? Is that, that's going to be cheesy. There's no way that's going to work. And over time, it's like, it's something, it's something and there's faces out there and there's people participating and people are still being safe. Um, you can watch it without any pants on. So that's a bonus. There's yeah. a, and the funny thing is, is like, I, I looking back on how they designed it out, obviously there's all sorts of people that, and age groups that watch it. Um, yeah. But if you look at it from a wide shot perspective, in my perspective, it looks like a video game. Yeah, it does. Right. And so yeah. everyone that's watching is paying video games. So it's, it's, it's just kind of fits into that. Well, this is what I was doing on Friday, but now they're live action. So this is just more of like the part of the social dilemma. Right. We all just live in a video game. None of this is real. Yeah, that's right. It's crazy. Which pill do we want to take? Exactly. I know it's not. Um, I, uh, no, this is, uh, that, that's great. I appreciate it. What are you doing to keep busy right now? So what's happening? Uh, you, I, I saw you were working on a, on the, you're, you're a hell of a cook from what we see. Yeah, right. I am. And yeah. So what's going on there? I've been cooking a lot. Um, you know, I will say in my, in like, since my departure from WWE, um, it's been gosh, two months now, two months. And I feel like now I've, I feel better. I think at first I had this very weird energy of like, I got to go do something. I need to be doing something right now. I don't know right. where I'm going. I don't know what's going on. I felt like, you know, I, I, I pulled the rug out from myself um, in a sense to shake some shit up and mm -hmm. figure out some new things and come up with some new challenges and goals. But, uh, but definitely at first I was sort of having a lot of weird energy i was driving my husband crazy he's like can you just like sit down and read a book or like right. chill the hell out and i'm like i need to work i was like becoming a crazy person but now that i've distanced myself i'm i'm really like settling into this new space and i feel like mm -hmm. and it, it's really what i wanted to do is like after you know being on the road doing that for so long and you give so much of yourself to something it's nice to kind of cocoon yourself for a minute and like re-energize yourself and, and, you know, work on that energy and, and what you want to do with it. And, um, yeah, you don't just, get a break. We, I mean, I'm my, I've been, I'm seven months a year on tour, yeah. so I have to fly my wife and kids in if I yeah. want them to, you know, and I'm sure you, you see that all the time on, in, yeah. in, in that world, but you know, it, flying them in and then traveling around and doing stuff. And so this time at home is the first time in, you know, 10 years to 12 years of, of just constant touring where yeah. you get this opportunity to actually un, not necessarily unplug. I, I plugged in and started and started a podcast, but the idea is, <laughs> is that we unplug just from that and remove it from our brain. And some people are yeah. still working full time and haven't had an opportunity to do that. I speak yeah. to those people, yeah. friends of mine that are driving trucks or working in their industry, never stopped. And they can't wait for the long weekend. I'm like, we're on a long weekend since March. Been it's, doing one, it. <laughs> it's long. Been it's a long time. Long right. So yeah. there it's a weird kind of feeling. So it's interesting that you, you know, you have to program deep program yourself. You have to unplug yeah. the, Renee, feel, the yeah, Renee that you were. 
good about it. And that's something I really wanted to do. And honestly, I thought I would have an easier time doing it because I was itching to be like, I need to break away. I need to go do my own thing. I need this like palate cleanser. And it was just, it was a little bit shocking to me that it wasn't that easy for me to just let go. But now that I have, I'm like, okay, cool. I feel like just reconnected with myself in a way that right. uh, that I was really, really craving. So anyways, aside from all that hippy dippy shit, um, I've been cooking a ton. I bought a smoker. Um, so I've been smoking a ton of things. Um, I've been working out a ton and I've been reading a ton. Um, but yeah, it's anything to, like, I've just been at home hanging out and like eating and reading, not really drinking so much. I've got a lot of water, some teas, sure. some coffees, <laughs> trying, trying to keep it all clean, yeah. but it's still a busy house though. Obviously you got yeah, a busy, well, hu- busy husband and all the rest of it. What's the life, um, um, the life of Renee right now, like, uh, life now of Renee, obviously it's settled, but then it's also busy. Yeah, I mean, right now, as I mean, I'm also about to to launch my own podcast and um, yeah, just kind of working on what what I want that show to be, what I want the set to look like. Mm-hmm. It's actually really funny now, like even just like getting like I've like picked out wallpaper and I've got paint colors. I've got all these things that I'm working on, but it's very funny to be like, I just want to do my own thing. And then I start doing it. I'm like, Oh my God, I don't have to check in on, I don't have to ask anybody if like, is this print? Okay. Do you like this color? I just get to like make all these decisions myself, which is incredibly liberating. It's, it's really, really cool to be able to do that. Uh, I've not been able to do that in a very, very long time. So, so that's definitely been nice. Uh, Podcasting is fun and you'll, you'll just be obviously a natural at it. Just being able to tell the tale and you got to, you know, carve out what that's going to look like. But the great thing about you is that you don't, um, and like anyone that's come from that, that world and, you know, you've already got a whole bunch of people following you and stuff. So it's great to be able to just say, all right, I'm doing this now. And this is what it's going to look like and bringing people along that journey with you. Yeah, I guess Um, it's exciting. And the goal is always hoping that they do come with you. You know, it's, it's, they'll come with you, Renee, don't worry. Like figuring out the whole, like, you know, when fans know me just from wrestling, are they going to be interested in what I'm doing outside of that? So I hope that they are. And I'll still always keep like a wrestling thread. I mean, my husband's always wrestling. He's always doing So whether he's just popping on to shoot the shit or I'm talking about what's going on, what what else is happening in the world of wrestling, but I'll always keep a thread of that um, in any show that I'm working on for sure. Any timelines on that? What's that? Any timelines on that? Are you just working it out still? Um, Ideally, November. I, I actually um, recorded my first episode the other week. Um, I'm going to record another episode. I'm hoping this week. It's going to be with my husband. So it depends on his schedule. Right. Um, and then I've got another one scheduled for the end of the month. So I, I want to get um, ideally four interviews mm-hmm. in the can and then uh, start releasing in November. Have you come up with a name for it yet? I have. So... <laughs> So it's not that it's controversial, but it it can be slightly misleading. Um, But I wanted to call it the oral sessions. And a lot of people, um, you know, can maybe misconstrue my idea with that, which is fine. I mean, it's going to be a sassy, cheeky little show anyways. But um, (laughs) it's it's not about that. It's about the the oral conversation. (laughs) Is that breaking news or is that out there? No, it's not out there. That's I've never said that before. So breaking news. Breaking news. <laughs> you can decide whether you want me to break that or you can yeah. break it. <laughs> we'll but uh, we'll I have a feeling people. that it would be a lot more impactful coming from you, but I'll take yeah. it. Um, 
All right. So I, I know you're getting, you got to go. So I just, uh, a couple of things before we, we jam out. So if you, um, what is going to wrestling for one minute, what is one, uh, match and you have to eliminate your husband's matches here for a minute. What is, what is one match if you were stuck on an Island that you could watch over and over again for the rest of your life? Easy. The Hollywood backlot brawl, gold dust and Roddy Piper. That was a mess, wasn't it? My favorite wrestling match. Yep. Definitely that. (laughs) All time. And uh, a go-to record on that Island. Oh gosh. Um, uh, despite its increasing popularity these days, I would have to say Fleetwood Mac rumors. Well, it is very popular right now, but, uh, it's, it should be too. It should be. It's actually blowing my mind that there's so many people that have never heard the song dreams. Well, crazy that's the new world we're in there's stuff re-breaking and stuff you know, know jumping back on the charts and I go to go to movie on that island oh go to movie um uh gosh you've got mail wow all yeah. right just just because you like like the way it was written you just like the flow i just this is the, you're on an island for the I rest know. of your life okay yeah. Meg All Ryan right. and Tom Hanks together are absolutely magical. Anytime uh, you've got mail is on TV, I will watch it. That's like that movie that like I love to put it on. If it's on TV, I'll watch yeah. it. Ooh, I would also give a close second to Uncle Buck. I love Uncle Buck. Come on. Of I'm course. So good. Yeah. Willie Russell's wart. Yeah. <laughs> what hey, a great yeah, it's, gotta uh, stick yeah, together. It's, you gotta watch it all the time. On that, definitely. You gotta watch it all the time. So, so Renee, man, I, I'm so uh, thankful for you coming on here and making some time. I'm excited for your new venture that you got coming out. I can't wait to watch, listen, everything that goes with it. Um, not that I have to tell anyone where to find you online because uh, you've got one of the funniest and busiest social networks uh, that I've seen, but let's remind everybody where they can find you online. Yeah, you guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Renee Paquette. Excellent. This has been the life so far of Renee Paquette. And I can't uh, thank you enough for jumping on with me this week and all the best for you uh, down the road. Here. Thank you so much. Hopefully we can do another check-in in like five years and see what's happened. Awesome. I'm sure it'll be, uh, I hope we all have uh, 85 more listeners and we'll, you know, <laughs> and you'll have millions and it'll be a great crossover <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Thanks Renee. Thank you. looking to make the most out of this life and optimize your personal wellness then check out the natural man podcast join me host mike c as we explore all areas of human wellness physical mental and emotional learn strategies to optimize your own well-being and be in the driver's seat of your own health remember your doctor works for you learn biohacks neurohacks ways to improve sleep and ways to optimize your body and your mind. Check us out on Apple, Spotify, the Fountain app, and at naturalmanpodcast.com. Hi, I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.